Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're inside the Braves booth. Welcome to our From the Braves booth podcast alongside Joe Simpson and our producer engineer Jonathan Chadwick. Ben, ben Ingram here with you and this is episode 35 and um, this is the highest booth that I think we do From the Braves booth from as we're coming to you from Washington DC. But um, here we are a week left in the season and great to have you all with us and Joe it's an exciting time. The Braves woke up this morning in first place in the division and um, one game left here in Washington and then a series in uh, back home to see the Mets and it'll all come down to that. We're just hoping we can get that series in. I know we will at some point with the weather but that's a major concern but more than anything got to win the night. Yeah you can't look much past tonight then these guys can jump up and bite you just like they did the Braves the last series in Atlanta when they won that game 3-2. to two. So uh, hopefully there will be some guys paying close attention to tonight's game before they have the day off tomorrow. Well, it's been a very rewarding trip here, that's for sure. I mean, you'll, you'll see the Braves take on the Nats tonight. We'll have the call on the Braves radio network and hoping for a sweep. The Braves have taken two of the first three, but obviously want a sweep. But more than anything, I think looking back on what happened the day that we got here, the visit to the White House, that'll stand out more than anything that happens on the baseball field. And the three of us got to go to the White House, and I think we should start our episode right there. We've got lots of baseball to talk about. Man, what an honor it was to go to the White House the other day. Yeah, it's just it's very special. You know, it doesn't happen to too many people, and it certainly only happens to championship teams to get invited to a special occasion like that and have an audience with the president. So, yeah, all around it was great. Uh, I know you and I are both big-time historians, Ben, in, in various areas and love all the history attached to the White House, of course. But when you're in a room where James Madison and Dolly Madison got married, you know? Yeah. You're still you're in the same room. Uh, that goes a ways back. It wasn't last month. <laughs> right. You know, uh, the red room, the blue room, the green room, all of those are just so uh, loaded with beautiful paintings and pictures and furniture, and it, it's just a wonderful trip. Over 200 years old, and um, it, all the things that come with winning the World Series, they, they're really just amazing. It's amazing to me what we get to experience, and we got World Series rings, and we got to be in a parade, and course we were there with a call the final out last year and this is another chapter in, in that book of all the great things that come with winning and that's getting to go to the white house and there wasn't a single moment of that experience that wasn't exciting I, and i'm i'm talking about even going through security yeah walking up the uh the, the path to go into the building seeing the pictures on the wall i mean every step along the way was amazing and, and became more and more enriched with history the closer you got to the building and white house is over 200 years old and like you said, the history that goes uh, with, with having a visit to the White House and the history that is within those walls. And we didn't 
pay to go on a tour there. We were invited there yeah. for the achievements that the team and the franchise accomplished last year. Just to be a part of that is really overwhelming, to be quite honest. And if you if you consider yourself uh, a true American, and, and if you consider this place to be uh, the best place, the best country in the world, as we do, it's an, an amazing no, uh, honor to, to get to walk inside of there and, and see everything that we saw. Yeah, we, we actually came in through uh, a hallway that uh, is – one level below ground level for what you see when you see the outside of the White House, the portico and everybody driving up. We came in a level below that uh, from the east wing, I'll, I'll say. I'm not even sure it's called that, where you're talking about all those photographs are. But also uh, on that level was a, a really cool library, you know, mm-hmm. loaded with uh, beautiful furniture. There's a, a movie theater room down there. I believe the bowling alley is down there as well. Uh, things that uh, are, aren't on the regular tour. Uh, so we, we were really treated uh, kindly. We were in, encouraged to go and look and see and take pictures. Uh, the people that are in uniform up and down the halls that are like um, hospitality people, but they are members of uh, the Army, the Navy, the Marines, uh, et cetera. They are dressed to the nines in full uniform, and they couldn't be more polite and helpful. Yeah, I just hope we get to do it again. Yeah. That'd never get old. Yeah. I was chatting with Colin McHugh, and he's kind of walking around. I said, you've done this before, haven't you? He said, this is my third time to get to do this. Wow. And I said, I guess it never gets old. He said, it's the greatest thing. I mean, just come in here and check it all out. And um, every now and then you kind of get treated with a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look as well. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that lower level. I remember there was a door that was closing as I walked by that, that the president went into after he uh, was on stage with the uh, with the team and – that was amazing. I mean, you see all the security, uh, the, uh, secu- the Secret Service guys and military guys, and uh, there's no telling what's behind the walls that uh, that we're walking uh, amok. So what a place. Yeah, it's not to say that there weren't some guys walking around armed to the teeth. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a lot of security. Uh, as you said, we had three different checkpoints. Uh, that's on top of us having to turn in our uh, names, uh, have to be vaccinated, uh social security numbers, all that kind of stuff. They're probably checking tax returns. Who knows? <laughs> to see if they were going to let us in. But we all got in, and uh, everybody got tested, and nobody came up positive uh, for COVID. So everybody that wanted to go could. And uh, it was just a great experience and one I won't forget. Well, the good news is they didn't go through JC's browser history. And uh-huh. They still let him in, so we, yep. we were happy about well, that. Well, that, oh, that's always entertaining if nothing else (laughs) yeah it was fun and uh, i know we have lots of questions that we'll get to uh about our experience of the white house when we get to our our answers uh question and answer portion of our show but um a great way to start off the week and now the braves have one more game on this road trip that'll be tonight we'll have an off day tomorrow thursday and then the the uh mets come to town and um as it stands now, Joe, I think everyone's guess is as good as ours as to when this when these three ball games will be played. Looking at it now, I'm I'm thinking Friday's starting to look a whole lot better uh, with the forecast that I saw today. Saturday looks to be pretty rough. Yeah, but Sunday looks to be good again. So you could have a doubleheader on one of those days, but you got to get them in. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't think they want to make any plans this far out in terms of just making steadfast, hardline plans that they were going to do this or that. Uh, as, a, as an adjustment, I think they're going to just play it by ear. We know for a fact that Truist Park drains exceptionally well, probably as well, if not better, than any ballpark in America, thanks to the way it was set up and the uh, 
underground drains and everything were set up by Ed Mangan and his crew and all the engineers. That is part of it. Ed Mangan and his crew are fabulous at getting fields ready, even after rain delays. They are exceptional at that. We know that uh, for a fact that if these games can be played on a regular, timely basis as they're scheduled, they will be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's going to take something uh, pretty heavy duty, like you said, especially on Saturday, to cause any disruption. Can't wait to see the crowds. I just hope we have good enough weather to where you can get all three games in and have full crowds because you know this is going to be just an absolute zoo. Uh, I'm expecting 42,000 every ball game. It's a weekend series. The division's on the line. It's arguably your biggest rival. And they've been in first place for a little over 170 days this season. Braves have been, and that's counting off days, the Braves have been in first place, I think, three total days. So to have the opportunity to jump those guys in our building in front of our fans, I hope that's what we get treated to. But either way, it's great for the game of baseball to have such a, uh, a close race with two rivals like this, I think it's tremendous. And for it to come down to one weekend and one series, and of course both teams will have some business to take care of right after that as the Braves take on the Marlins and the Mets have the Nationals. But for all intents and purposes, I think it comes down to those three. And uh, what a stage. It's going to be like the postseason already. Oh, it's definitely a a postseason series because it dictates where you're going to start in the postseason. You already know you're in, so you're either going to have to start in a wild card uh best of three session two days after the season ends or you have the luxury of about five days off if you win the division and play somebody that's also very good but it is definitely postseason time beginning friday night with the mets you know a a few weeks ago um i know i said that the braves might have to get some help from some other people from some other teams because they weren't in first place and they only had three games with the Mets, so you couldn't fall real far behind them without getting some help. And they've gotten that help. You know, the Cubs beat them three straight while the Braves were out on the West Coast and having a hard time. Uh, last night, the Marlins win a game. Uh, few Nats days took ago, two out of three from them. Nats took two out of three. They've gotten the help they needed. And now take care of business tonight and go home and do what you need to do and what you should do against the Mets this weekend. As it stands now, the tiebreaker goes to the Mets on season series. Now, if you sweep them, you have the tiebreaker, but at that point I don't think the tiebreaker would be necessary because you'd you'd have a three-game lead on them uh, with three left to play. But um, the point I'm trying to make is it's absolutely imperative that you win this ball game tonight because you don't want to be going into that series down a game knowing that they would have the tiebreaker just in case. Um, so this game is huge tonight. You have Jaco DeRizzi on the mound for the Braves, and you see Josiah Gray, whom the Braves have not seen since the first week of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but, but if you can go in there at least tied, I, I think it really tilts in your favor. And, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is because of the games are in Atlanta. But I know the pitching matchups are stacked up where they're going to send their best three, and so are the Braves. But um, what the Braves did against the Mets the last time they were in Atlanta, I think that was a big statement. Uh, Braves took three out of four. And we knew going into that series they needed to take at least three, and they did. And, and I think that gave them the confidence that they needed down the stretch to where when the Mets come in again, you'd say, we, we just took three out of four from these guys. We know how to beat them now. And this isn't going to be the same situation as what we saw in New York back in early August. I think things are very different since then. Well, remember, we did lose four out of five to them in New York uh, leading into that series in Atlanta, which was just about five days, six days after that thrashing the Mets handed Atlanta. Uh, so they did bounce back. The Braves did and won three out of four, and that was very significant. 
Um, th- looking ahead to that, if we're allowed to, uh, one of the things the Braves have done here uh, is set up some pitching. You know, they push Max Fried back. Uh, they had Bryce Elder pitch here on Monday, Kyle Muller last night, and they both won. They both won. The game was won by the Braves on both of those occasions. Those two guys really did a great job of holding serve, you know, so that when you make a plan to push a pitcher back for uh, a matchup like against the Mets, sometimes it jumps up and jumps up and bites you, and you realize, yeah. oh shoot, this game was just as important as the one with the Mets. Right. But the pitchers really have done their job. Now it's Jake Odorizzi's turn. Tonight, uh, Jake hasn't pitched well. You know, he hasn't pitched well uh, since he got here. I think he has had one good start, and um, I'm not trying to be critical or personal. I'm trying to state the facts here. He has not pitched well. He hasn't missed many bats, Mm -hmm. and he needs to miss a few bats tonight, and the Braves have scored a lot of runs in this series already. They need to score a bunch again tonight. This is a – this is a team you got to miss some bats against. I mean, yeah. this team is really struggling. They've, they've lost over 100 games. And I know that you and I have bragged on Josiah Gray before, and he's got really good stuff. Uh-huh. But he has given up more homers than anybody in the big leagues this year, and the Braves hit a ton of homers. He's walked more than any pitcher in the National League. So it sets up to really be – a good opportunity for your ball club to have a big night offensively. And uh, not that uh, you need to score 10, 12 runs for Jake to get a win, but no. just to get him uh, enough runs where if he gives up three, four runs, he can be okay and hopefully go at least five. Uh, that'd be ideal. Uh, Josiah Gray, uh, back to your point about the home runs, he's given up more home runs on his fastball too than any other pitcher has given up on fastballs. And we know the Braves – are a great fastball-hitting team. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how that plays out this evening. So, got to win this ball game. Then we'll have an off day tomorrow. And then uh, roll up your sleeves, man, because uh, the Mets are coming into our house and looking forward to that matchup and seeing if the Braves can win a fifth straight division. And, um, you know, you'll have that, and you, you, you'll need to continue to take care of business versus Miami when we head down there. Yeah, well, yeah. It's season doesn't end on Sunday, uh, unfortunately. Uh, depending on how it goes, and hopefully it goes the Braves' way against the Mets. But you still have three down in Miami, and they just uh, – Pablo Lopez just beat yeah. New York last night. And there's no way we're going to miss Alcantara. I, I just right. know somehow, some way, he'll still pitch against us. So it's not going to be an easy trip there. And uh, New York will go home and play the Nationals, as you suggested. Uh, we can only hope the Nationals get uh, their act together for that series. One other thing about the Mets, they've been at, without Starling Marte uh, for quite a while. Uh, I thought he would be back this week. He has not played, uh, but I fully expect if he is at all possible to go in the lineup yep. Friday night, he'll be in there. Well, there's a lot to gain. I um, I think one thing I learned last year is that and I, I think what happened with the, with the matchups the Braves had is very different than what I – would have lined up for them. I guess what I'm meaning, what I want to talk about is, is after the Braves beat the Brewers, I was hoping that the Giants would beat the Dodgers. I thought that'd be a team that the Braves would match up better against. Yeah. Braves drew the Dodgers, beat the Dodgers. Yeah. Um, I was hoping that they would face the Red Sox in the World Series. Thought it'd be a better matchup. Got the Astros, beat the Astros. What I'm getting at is, there is there's definitely an advantage for winning the division. You'll have that bye, and, and that's what I want to take place. But if it doesn't happen, to me, I, I don't, I don't want to say that that puts the team at, at such a disadvantage that they couldn't still overcome 
and when. The, the postseason is so unpredictable. There's, there's, it's so hard to really gauge exactly what, it, what a team's going to do, how they're going to respond. And the fact that they're in this thing is great. Um, and you just never know what path is going to get you where you want to go. And last year, the, the path that they took is not the one that I thought would be taken for ultimate success, and it was. So uh, hopefully they win the division, but wherever they get in, whomever they play, whatever the, the series length is, let's just see what happens. And yeah. that's what we did last year. Uh, I I don't know um, the status, the health status of Spencer Strider. Uh, I'm not counting on him to be activated and eligible. Well, he's not eligible till the last day of the season. Right. So he's not going to pitch against the Mets any, or Marlins anyway. Um, but I'll, I think the postseason for the Braves uh, will be – that story will be told in large part about the health of Spencer Strider. Yep. Especially – if the Braves don't win the division and have to play the wild card, best two out of three, and then turn around and play the division series. Uh, starting pitching depth becomes so important. Your team will have already played two, maybe three games, and then you play a team that's fully rested and has their pitching all set up, which would yeah. be the Dodgers. So that's, uh, to me, if that happens, if the Braves do go in as a wild card, they really need Spencer Strider uh, to help them advance. Yeah, they do. And, and they need to take care of the Padres or whomever they draw as soon as possible yep. to give them as much time as they could to get things in line for what would be the Dodgers series. If they win the division, as it stands now, they'd get the winner of the Phillies and the Cardinals. Right. That's treacherous as well. Sure. But you get to the postseason, everybody's dangerous. Everybody's, everybody's good. Everybody's good. Now, you know, I'm, I was watching some of the Cardinal celebration last night when they won the division. And um, the focus those yeah. guys had, yep. they were celebrating and popping the champagne and having a great old time. But every guy that spoke said, we've got uh, bigger fish to fry, so to speak. They, they all have their, their eye on the big prize. That's what they want. They are not as good record-wise as the Dodgers uh, or the Mets or the Braves, but they are a good team, formidable team, and they are very focused right now few similarities record-wise and where they are with where the Braves uh-huh. were last year. Absolutely. You just said, well, the, the Giants and the Brewers and the Dodgers, they're much better teams, but what are you when you get to the postseason? Yeah. Every, everything April, May, June, July, that doesn't matter. Everybody overlooked the Braves last yes. year. Nobody nobody said uh, that the Braves were going to advance to play right. the Giants or the Dodgers or whomever, it was always going to be the Brewers. Everybody overlooked them. Mm-hmm. Card- Cardinals are a team that you cannot overlook either. They're very, very dangerous. <clears throat> and and not that not that other teams don't have something to play for. Obviously, everybody does. But they're playing for Pujols, mm-hmm. another championship for him, Wainwright, Molina. There, there's certainly added motivation. And given the celebration you're talking about, Albert Pujols gave a speech, and it's like, it's the championship. It, we're not happy to be here. Yeah. This is the St. Louis Cardinals. We're, yeah. we, it's the win the World Series or nothing else. Yeah, we can't even paint all the world championships on top of our dugout. We got so many. You know? <laughs> yeah. But we'll make room for one more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they'd be tough. Dodgers tough. I mean, everybody's tough once you get there. And um, I, I think that there's certainly an advantage to being in the season after you won the thing, knowing that you have a, a level of confidence and an edge maybe that other teams – might not have uh, because they haven't been there. Obviously, every team's going to have guys who have been there, but the Braves just won it last year with this bunch, and I think that goes a long way. Well, I think we're playing pretty good baseball right now. Um, I think uh, with what appears to be Rosario 
swinging much better and driving the ball. He's not just hitting balls through the infield. I mean, that 400-foot double last night was pretty amazing. Uh, Ozuna certainly squaring up a lot of balls, hitting them hard. Arcia is playing really well at second base. And let's stop. I'm going to stop there for a second because last night we talked about how Orlando, uh, if he had a good night, would he be in there the next night? Absolutely. Um, Because I I expect him, I expect whoever has the hot hand to play. What a luxury to have Arcia and Grissom. Yeah. If somebody stubs their toe, you can plug in the other guy who's rested and fresh and ready to go. That's a great advantage. Mm -hmm. But there are guys like Rosario, like Ozuna, like Arcia at the moment, and even signs from Matt Olson coming around that uh, are going to be such a great thing for this offense if everybody is beginning to click at the same time. Yeah, it's perfect timing. really is. Um, I, I know we're biased, but I know what this team is capable of. I know what I've seen. And if, if we're being honest right now, Joe, on September the 28th, I fully expect this team to win the division. Mm-hmm get into the postseason and have that buy that's just that's what I've seen that's what I saw last year and I know what they're capable of and that's my expectation I'm sure it is for lots of fans as well and um I know it's the team's mindset yeah it is very much I I mentioned the Cardinals being focused uh don't think twice about this Atlanta ball club they are uh ferocious when it comes to intensity um competitiveness and desire to win another division they're very proud of it can't wait Wrap this thing up tonight and then head back to uh, Atlanta and see what happens in that Mets series. It's going to be a lot of fun as we use that as a springboard into what will be the postseason uh, for the 2022 season. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, our email address is bravesbooth at gmail.com. You can fire away anytime as um, we always comb through that inbox and grab what looks good and use it on our next show. And we have six pages worth of questions and comments that we will try to get to all of today, and we'll go ahead and dive into that. And uh, I know JC is going to join us. He comes to us today from his very high perch that used to be the penalty box here in Washington, D.C., but they took your plexiglass away. Yeah, last year I was sitting up here, and it was the penalty box. Um, but I guess uh, they decided that they could finally get rid of that this season. Well, it could be again if you don't fly right up there. <laughs> All right. Uh, this, let's start with this one. This is from Brenda. Do you, do you guys ever get tired of packing? I think that might be the best question of the whole bunch. Brenda, and the answer, I think, without a doubt, is unanimous. We're sick of packing. (laughs) We're professional packers. We can cram more into a Braves team suitcase than you can imagine, but we are sick to death of it. Yeah. Right, boys? Well, the packing is not fun. To me, the unpacking is worse. (laughs) It's like, now i got to do laundry. Packing, you just just pack. Unpacking is unpacking and laundry, and that's not fun. I think the thing about it for me, obviously at this point of the season, of course you're tired of packing. But when you go from one city, you semi-unpack, you hang stuff up in the closet in your hotel room, and then you got to pack again, and then you go to another city and you do that all over again. As far as I'm concerned, not only do I have to pack 
you know, a suitcase and a garment bag. It's everything. You know, I have three trunks of radio equipment that I constantly pack and unpack. And I'm grateful to do it, but, yeah, it gets really, really old. And uh, by the end of the season, I remember last year in Houston when the Braves won the World Series after game six, packing up that night to take my stuff down to the clubhouse, it was like the most exhilarating feeling <laughs> in the world. It's like I don't have to do this again for like three or four months. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start at the top of this page or near the top from Buddy. Been joined Jay Chad. I was listening to the broadcast over the weekend. I know there was some debate over over whether or not the RC Cola would make the trip to Washington D.C. Did it make the trip? Uh, it, it it did make the trip, buddy. We're nothing if not loyal to Royal Crown Cola. Ben's playing the can there right now, and it's sitting right on the counter, overlooking the entire ballpark. So it has brought the team some luck beginning with those last two games in Philadelphia. So it's still got a job and will continue to. Yeah, it was down to its last try. I was going to say, itself. W- once it was threatened with its life and being left in Philadelphia, who mm. wants to be left in Philadelphia? Nobody. The Braves have won four straight. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. the RC is with us. Sometimes you just got to remind people that they, they're not uh, entitled. Yeah, this ain't no soup kitchen. No, you're not here just uh, Pull your weight. on your good looks alone. <laughs> Uh, this comes from Don, who obviously pays very close attention to our broadcast. He says, Ben, Joe, and your royal lowness, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan. It seems like some bats are starting to come around at the exact right time. When this offense clicks, they're as dangerous as any team in Major League Baseball. Do you think the guys have a legit chance at repeating? That's from Don. I 100% believe that, and I think everybody in the league believes that. Everyone knows what this team's capable of, and uh, there is definitely a, a strong chance this team could get right back to where they were last year. Yeah, I don't think any of our previous comments today would lead you to think otherwise. Uh, we, we firmly believe in this ball club. Uh, we just got to get Spencer healthy and have everybody clicking on uh, on the same cylinders as we go into this, and it's nice to have Ronald Acuna Jr. back in the fold too. It is. Uh, this question comes from Justin. I know you guys touched on the White House a lot, uh, but I, I want to weigh on this as well. He says, I'm so glad the team included you in their visit to the White House. How incredible was it, and what was your favorite part? The whole thing was incredible, as these guys said. I mean, it, it's just it was something I will never, ever forget. But if I had to narrow it down to one or two things, uh, you know, seeing the the library um, – the movie theater, the China room, all that stuff, and then obviously the bully room, green room, state dining room, east room. But I think what I enjoyed the absolute most was the servicemen and women in the White House that were there to work. You couldn't walk five steps, and every three seconds someone was saying, welcome to the White House, thanks for coming, Uh, which I thought was fantastic. And then the other thing I really enjoyed, as we made our way into the White House, there was – two members of the United States Marine Band that were, that were playing. And then we walked up the stairs and we were on the main level of the White House and there were more members of the United States Marine Band and they were playing We Are the Champions. Yeah. And uh, that was so cool. And they were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. they were good. Absolutely. Uh, one question here from um, Adam. And Adam's question, I think, will be echoed by some other uh, people who have uh, chimed in for us today. Uh, He said, Bryce Elder was awesome the other night, most certainly earned a spot on the playoff roster in some form or fashion. 
Would you agree? Uh, I would say, Adam, that he has pitched himself into consideration. I, I don't know um, how they will set up. Uh, again, it goes to best of three, or you're playing a best of five. That will dictate how they set up the, the pitching staff. And uh, Bryce has done nothing to hurt his chances, I'll say that. No, and look, look back at last year. Tucker Davidson and Dylan Lee got starts in the World Series. Yeah. So anything's possible. The deeper you go, the greater the possibility of having to use someone like a Bryce Elder, where you get into games five, game six, game seven, you need uh, a pitcher to step up. He'd be a great option to have. And another thing, they changed the rule a few years ago. Like last year in the World Series, Charlie gets hurt, suffers a broken leg. You can replace a player because of injury uh, as long as it's a player from a similar position. So if, heaven forbid, somebody got hurt uh, and Bryce or Kyle Muller were not on the roster, they would be able to come in and, and fill in. So it's not like they're going to be sent home and wait by the phone. They'll be close by if needed. And um, if Bryce makes the team, I would have no qualms about that at all. Yeah. Uh, hello, just a comment from a loyal listener. There's not a booth in baseball as good and as fun as yours. Thanks for doing everything that you guys do on a daily basis to bring us Braves baseball. Even when I'm not there, I feel like I am there. Keep up the phenomenal work and cut J. Chad some slack every now and then. That's from Ann. We do our best to cut him some slack. Yeah, I figured that was from Ann. I think she's got, you know, got the hots for J. Chad <laughs> or something. Because... She's not the only one. We, have, oh, we no. got another comment later no. here. She's... No, but he's married – gals he's, he's locked married. up thanks yep. Ann. checks in the mail yeah <laughs> no and we do we do give him a hard time and the only reason we do is because we know he can take it and we love him and trust me he gets his digs in when he wants also uh here's another good question from um jenny and i'll try to shorten this a little bit she's bragging on kenny albert who was in town to do the braves game and what a great announcer he is. And, and Jenny, I think – I don't know that there's anybody anymore that's a better hockey announcer for sure than Kenny Albert. He's fabulous. Uh, but she wants to know if before a series, since he's not covering the Braves, if he comes and meet, meets with us and asks us questions about the team. And during the World Series, did Joe Buck sit down with the three of you and ask questions? Always curious if announcers help each other. Great, great podcast. Love it. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, Kenny Albert did not come to the booth as far as I know. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't talk or see each other in the hall or ask questions uh, of one another. Uh, last year during the World Series, there was a load of information exchanged between the Fox broadcast uh, telecast with Joe Buck and John Smoltz and us talking about various things that were happening in the World Series. They are very open to sharing information or statistical stuff. So I would say, yes, we're, we're pretty yeah. pretty agreeable that way, wouldn't but, you? And, and they get to go down the, for those national broadcasts. They have their own meeting with uh, the manager and coaching staff of each team. So they get to go down there and hang out in Snit's office for 20, 30 minutes, mm -hmm. talk to him about whatever's going on, and they do that for the uh, opposing manager as well. So that's a, a way that they get caught up to speed. And even when it's not a national broadcast um, – you know, the teams that come to Atlanta or the cities we go to, it's very routine for the opposing team's broadcasters to come in our booth almost every day. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, we've got a question here from Dave. And, Dave, I'm sorry we can't answer that one. <laughs> but, we, but we appreciate it, and we thank you for that. Next. 
One of the things I like about this club is how genuine they seem. When guys aren't in the lineup, they seem to be on the top step rooting on their teammates. They want to see them succeed, even if it means the guy in front of them has success. How important is that for a championship-winning ball club? That's from Ron. That's obviously very important. And I, I think what you, when you see that, that's what we're talking about when we say a standard has been set here. There's a culture set here, and the expectation is winning at the highest level. So if your name's in the lineup and you get that opportunity today, it's your job to go out there and do everything you can to help the team win. If you're not in there, it's your job to support those guys and do your best to help the ball club win that way and be ready if your name is called upon. And I think when you're winning, it makes all that a lot easier. And doing that as a team, winning so much fun. And you could use Orlando Arcia as an example, or Guillermo Heredia. Uh, for Orlando, up until a few days ago, he wasn't playing a lot. Guillermo doesn't play a whole lot at all. But those guys are always having a good time down there. And when their name is called, they step up and they, they do what they have to do to help the ball club win. And I think that's part of the culture that's been set here in Atlanta. I heard it said the other day that uh, one of the most important things about winning championships is trust and uh, trusting your teammates and trusting that they're going to play hard, do the, make the right plays to the best of their ability uh, at every opportunity. And a team that doesn't have that trust of one another is not going to win championships. And I think this team does uh, for the most part. I don't know of any that uh, exist otherwise, but uh, you got to have that trust and you hope everyone feels the same way. Mm-hmm. Ben touched on, on Orlando and – you know, I'll, I'll watch the end of the dugout a lot of times. Up until a couple nights ago, he had not had a start since August the 9th. Uh, that's like six weeks. And every night, no matter if his name was in the lineup or not, he's down there. He want, Look, at the end of the day, if the team wins, that's what matters the most. And I, I think there's a, group, a good group of guys down there who uh, do just what Ron said, and that's root the, root the guys on. If they're in the lineup, they play. If not, then – you know, they contribute in other ways. What do you got, JC? Uh, let's see. Uh, this question comes from Scott. He said, if the Braves win the division, do you think this will be the most satisfying division title in recent memory? Oh, yeah. For me, it is. For, for Scott, if we win this division and send the Mets home crying to the wild card, it will be so satisfying. They'll have a hundred or more wins, most yeah, likely. I know, but they have kind of been ruling the roost. Yeah, kind of had a little swagger going, and um, it'd be nothing finer than to unseat that. It, to me, it goes back to spring training. Uh, take that back. This goes back to spring training last year. They and I know it's a different manager now, and it, it was a completely different leadership then. Remember when they celebrated winning the World Series at spring training last year? Yes. And, and they practiced a storming the field celebration, which was pretty cringeworthy to me. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out for them last year. They were in first place most of the season. They flamed out. This year, they go get Scherzer. They lock up Lindor. Uh, Jacob deGrom is back. They spend a ton of money, more than anybody. Their owner is very vocal on social media, which I don't have a problem with. I think it's great for their fan base. But what I'm getting at is is there was kind of a, a, a superiority there, I felt like, yeah. and an error where they thought, like, you know, this is just going to be theirs. Just because they spent money, they got Max Scherzer. Well, welcome to the group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, it's a very good team. It's a much better team, and I admire uh, a lot of the players that they have. But just because you go out and you get a, a lineup, uh, and you spend some money doesn't mean that it's a birthright. And I feel like that's uh, 
to a degree from their fan base, it's like this is owed to them. So to see them win 100 or more games and still finish in second place, if that indeed does happen, I think that would be incredible. And it would be incredible for the rivalry. If they do win the division, I'll tip my cap. Great ball club. Great job by Buck Showalter. Hopefully get a, a shot at you in the postseason. Yeah. Um, but I think it would be incredibly satisfying for the Brave fan with the Mets being as big a rival as they are and everything that's taken place to serve them second place the last week of the season would be incredible. Isn't it interesting uh, when we travel within our division, how many people tell us, please beat the Mets, we hate the Mets. Right. We're pulling for the Braves. We don't, even though you've won four straight division titles, we're pulling for the Braves, we hate the Mets, we don't want the Mets to win the division. When we were out west and we were playing some teams out there, one of them a National League team, yeah, and we were told, whatever you do, Please beat the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. We hate the Dodgers. You know, right. we got, there's a lot of people on the Braves bandwagon right yeah. now. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. I've got, we got one here from Jeremy Longshore. And Jeremy, I don't know if we can answer this one or not, but if we're able to satisfy your, your need here. He says, I'm extremely shocked and in awe regarding, oh, that's cool. There was a little, okay, song reference there. Regarding Joe and Ben's ability to pause during conversations during the game that allows the broadcaster, the one that's calling the game at the time, to make the play-by-play call. That's truly remarkable. How do I transfer this talent to myself and incorporate it within my 14-year-long marriage? Well, as long as she doesn't talk over the pitch being thrown, yeah. there's your window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can help you out with that, but uh, I think you're onto something there, Jeremy, if you'll just be patient, okay? Yeah, you'll, you, get, you'll get it in. Yeah, learning to master that. If, if you can master that in your marriage, you, you got it made. Uh, let's see. This is from a fan in um, Washington, D.C. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for providing such an enjoyable and informative listening experience as I catch nearly every game from here in D.C. A question occurred to me as I heard about the plans for getting to D.C. by train. I'm in the transportation field here at a local military base, so I wonder if the train was on their regular schedule. Hopefully it was able to be reserved for just the team. Or was it a charter? More like the planes you have ready for you whenever you're scheduled to go, whenever your schedule dictates. Thanks again from Randolph Tidd, T-I-D-D. And, yes, it was a charter train, Randolph. It was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, as long as that day was, thank goodness we didn't have to get on a uh, pre-scheduled train or we'd have missed it with the 11 innings and the two-hour rain delay. But it was sitting there ready to roll. And, in fact, we cracked up. I mean, we our backsides barely hit the seat, and we were rolling. Yeah, we took off. I hope we do that more in the future when we're up here in the Northeast because, I mean, like Joe said, we got off the bus. They had a portion of the train station roped off for us. We walked in. We went down a flight of stairs. 
we got on the train. And I think I was the last one on. I think we had four, four four total carts, and we were gone. There was nothing to it, and um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it yes, was. It was. I loved it. It's kind of a old school throwback too to how travel used to be. It was. The only disappointing thing was the game went so long; it was dark. We weren't able to see any of the countryside, even though, as we were told, we were going 125 miles an hour. It would have been a blur pretty much going through uh, some of the countryside. We did mm-hmm. slow down just a little bit in Wilmington, Delaware, <laughs> <laughs> just enough to see, be able to read the sign that we yeah. were going through the Wilmington station. Here's a good question from Andrew in Madison, Mississippi. Hey, Ben, Joe, and Jay Chad, love the podcast and radio broadcast. I have noticed there is a person in the background that calls out scoring, temperature, and attendance. I have actually noticed it on radio and TV. Is this announced to all broadcasters in the booth? Thanks. Hottie toddy and go Braves. All right, Andrew. Yes, it is. Um, that is usually that's someone from the local team's media relations. So when we're here in Washington, D.C., that's an employee of the Nationals. When we're at home, that's an employee of the Braves. And you hear one of two voices. One of them is the person I just referenced, uh, someone from media relations announcing the attendance, uh, announcing – you know, uh, temperature. Yeah, other other things along the way, and the other voice that you would hear sometimes is the official score, hit or an error, uh, first pitch, uh, official time, uh, the announcements at the end of the game with runs, hits, errors, all the totals, things like that. So th- that's a voice that is um, on an intercom that, and, and there's a, an intercom inside of every single booth in the press box. Everybody hears that voice and gets all that information. Good that's question, how, that's though. That's how that it works. And, and several people have written in about that, wanting to know where that voice is coming from. Hi, guys. Enjoy the podcast and listen to the Braves online here in Las Vegas. Since there is an ongoing debate about the National League Rookie of the Year, has there ever been co-rookies of the year in either league? Both Strider and Harris have been excellent this year. It wouldn't be terrible if one wins over the other, but I think the votes would be so close that I think a co-rookie of the year would be appropriate in this case. What do you think? Keep up the good work. That's from Ralph. I like the idea that you had not too long ago, Joe, where you, you said maybe do a rookie of the year pitcher and a rookie of the year position player. That way they could both win. Yeah, that would be certainly uh, have it all covered for the Braves this year. Uh, Coach co-rookies of the year I'm sure both guys would be thrilled with that I don't know what it'll come down to certainly the injury to Spencer hasn't helped but um, I'll stay by stand by what I said before and that my vote would go to Michael because he's an everyday player yeah he's been tremendous and this reminds me so much of what we saw in 2011 when you had Freddie Freeman and Craig Kimbrell and both were outstanding they finished one and two Craig won the award as he did some historic things as a reliever and as a closer that year. But it could be very much like that, and I think if they had the vote today, it would probably be Michael. I think so, too. We get a lot of uh, questions uh, from Trent in Elk Grove, California. Big Braves fans fan, and he writes us a lot of good questions. Uh, he has two today. I think we've already answered one was about whether or not Bryce Elder had earned a spot in the postseason. The second is a hypothetical question in the event the Braves don't win the division and win the wild card series. I heard an interview about a week ago on national radio that felt like it would be better for the Braves to face the Dodgers in a five-game series, in the division series, or instead of a seven-game series. His argument was that the shorter series would negate any advantages for the Dodgers with regards to roster depth, pitching staff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, What are your thoughts on this? Well, it's like you and I were discussing – there are there's some give and take there. Uh, 
beating the Dodgers three times is certainly easier than beating the Dodgers four times. Yeah. Uh, that's just easy math. But the thing is, if, if that's what you get, you get the Dodgers in the division series, you're going to be rolling into that down to your third or fourth best pitcher because you'd have used them in the wild card round versus San Diego or whomever you draw for that wild card series. And if that goes three games, think about the starting pitchers and the relievers you would have used just to get to the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. So they'll be rolling out their best at 100%, and you'll be rolling out, could be a tired bullpen, and down to your fourth or fifth best starter. I don't know. So I think there's an advantage to winning the division and then facing those guys in a best of seven with maybe – the rosters being about the same when it comes to how much the bullpens have been taxed rather than them being fresh and you not. But it's, it's give and take. And I think it was set up this way, Ben, uh, because of that. There has to be some reward for teams to continue to play and earn the best record, you know, and have the best record among the division winners so that uh, they're drawing the lower seeds in that division round and they have the advantage of being rested with that lower seed coming into play. I think it was set up exactly for that reason, and I and I don't disagree with it. I think uh, there has to be some tribute paid to the teams who have uh, established the best record in the, in the league, and right now that's L.A. Mm-hmm. J.C., you have an opinion on that? I think you guys covered it. All right. Um, let me. This is a good one for Joe. Hey, guys, did you actually get to meet the president? We didn't. The team did. We got within about, what is it, 20, 25 feet of him. So we didn't get to actually meet him, but the team did. Also for Joe, why can't the Sooners figure out K-State? You guys are the best of the business. Thanks, Brandon Medlock from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And they're our kryptonite, Brandon. You probably already know that. Uh, it goes way back. Every seems like every good school has some team, maybe even not a an upper-tier team that they can't beat, and that Kansas State's always been the, the Sooners, unfortunately. But hopefully they'll bounce back this week. I don't even know who they play, TCU maybe. Anyway, um, here's one about Jay Chad, and I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. I, I maybe I was off and I didn't see it happen. This is from Sally in Stone Mountain, another woman, of course, concerned about Jay wow. Chad. I was at the game tonight and was happy to see Jay Chad on the big screen before the game. What was that about? First of all, let me interrupt the question. Uh, Brave Vision, uh, they do those oh, yeah. features. Uh, before the game, you on, there. yeah, on the big board, uh, the the video board out in center field, and they reached out and they have tried a couple times to come in the radio booth. You know, you see Mark Owens and you see Blake, um, you know, showing off restaurants or retail and things like that, and they wanted to do something in the radio booth. They reached out a few times and it wound up working out the best for them to come on that particular day. And Peter Moylan was working with Ben. And so they came in the booth. They talked to all of us. Um, for some reason, they put me on camera and made me a part of it. I am really impressed. He got to talk to them about our, our foul ball collection we have in the booth. That's nice. Which is awesome, by the way. Dansby was nice enough to sign the ball from Seattle, and so was Robbie Grossman. So we have uh, those three balls displayed in the booth, and it looks really nice on top of our bat rack. Uh, well, that was kind of like just a comment from Sally. Um, my question was one that we already answered about who, who do they hear in the background giving the attendance and temperature and all that kind of stuff. Um, love the podcast, your radio broadcast. They gave out free headphones with an app tonight that let me listen to the radio broadcast at the game in real time, so that was great. Sad about Ozzy. 
Hope he's back for the postseason. Sally from Stone Mountain. So I, I basically just went to Sally's comment because I want to know how in the heck you got on the big screen, man. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you? It came right on in. Put him on the camera. And my phone lit up. And I'll bet he was down there knocking on their door saying, y'all ready to come back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. See, why, fun why, can't, why did I have to say that? Why, why can't I just let him have his? It's a habit. His, I know. And it was just a moment to shine, and I got to make fun of it. Our okay. guy did really well. By the way, Joe, I've got some pictures. I can, uh, I'll send you a picture because I, I took pictures of when they put him up there on the video board. Oh. Just to document, hey, our guy's up there on the board. All right. Um, hi, Ben, Joe, and Jay Chad. This is another question from my hometown. This is cool. Um, from Morgan in Madison, Mississippi. Uh, a must-answer question. Which of you will be taking over Peter's rally dancing? That's from Morgan. So here's the thing, Morgan. Peter's rally dance is Peter's. Just like the RC Cola is, and, and the Oreos. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, was, that was a Joe Simpson original. So it's think of them as, as like uh, finishing moves for wrestlers. You don't borrow another guy's finishing move. You got your own. They work equally as effective. Yeah. So if Pete's in here, need a rally, he can break out his dance, which was not safe for children. Mm-hmm. But uh, it worked. And the Braves had a big inning. It yeah. went viral. Yeah. We got the Oreos and the RC. Oreos got us a World Series last year. Can't argue with that. And the effectiveness of each individual rally method, uh, you can't argue against them. I think that's a great description. I'll take it a step further, though, and I'll, I'll answer her question from where I sit, and I'll say if someone had to take over uh, for Peter in his rally dancing, uh, in my mind, no doubt, in this booth, it would be Joe. Um, <laughs> I've seen Joe cut a rug here and there. Joe's got some moves. So uh, my vote would be Joe. I am not going to give in to that. I, I, I've seen you shake that thing, too. <laughs> I've seen you go to work back there when you think nobody's watching. Here's, here's one from Karen. I saw some pics of you guys. Karen, I love you. I saw some pics of you guys at the White House. I must say the radio broadcast team is hot. Capital letters. You guys should put together a calendar for the ladies this offseason. Just saying. From Karen, funny you should mention that, Karen. Uh, there has been a discussion uh, by a f- professional photographer who wanted to maybe make a calendar with the three of us and have it kind of be in a more relaxed uh, atmosphere instead of being at the ballpark, more like uh, lounging on the beach. Right. You know, uh, me and my speedo and and Ben and his two piece, and we could uh, <laughs> put put that together in a in a calendar, and I think that, that might happen. I'd really fly off the shelf. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you know, we got Kevin Lyles here. He's the team's professional photographer, and we can get him to come in here and shoot some action shots. I'm talking about action shots. You know? Yeah, and you, you talk about all the stuff that flies off the shelves in the Braves Clubhouse store. Uh, there'd be people going in. Where's the calendars? Yeah, they'd be they'd be out of stock by mostly, May 1. Mostly ladies, but uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Well, we know our uh, our demographic, man. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Here's a good one. This is from Jeremy Longshore. Why is it called a rubber match? I got the answer on that, believe it or not. Yeah, go. Uh, 1500s. That goes back to the 1500s. Uh, lawn bowling was a sport. And the terminology was if you beat another team – you rubbed them out of the competition. Hmm. So if you came down to the final game, you're looking to rub the other team out of the competition. 
So it became known as the rubber game. Uh, and, and that goes back, you know, 400 plus years huh. of using that terminology. So when you have a, the third game of a series and the two teams have split the first two, that's the terminology from the 1500s, rub the other team out of the competition by beating them, and it became the rubber game. That's great. I, I, I knew that um, that trumps what I had, which was some term used in the card game Bridge Yeah, that was probably borrowed from what, what you're talking probably about. Probably so. So I, I like your answer a whole lot better. Which is cool to me that it goes back that far. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. What do you got, JC? Uh, hello, Ben, Joe, and Jay Chad. Huge fan out of Dayton, Ohio. Haven't missed a game in the last five years. My wife thinks it, it's obsessive. Question for you guys. What's the toughest or most heartbreaking game or series loss you can remember? Mine is being up 3-1 against the Dodgers in 2020, in which I felt we could take on the championship that year. Thanks. I'll hang up and listen. That's from Justin Beers. That one was pretty rough. Um, 2019 against the Cardinals was really bad, but that following year, being one win from the World Series and being one win for, what, four days? Yeah. That was, that was heartbreaking. But doing what the team did last season, that – in my mind, eliminated that 2020 heartbreak and and rubbed out the the heartbreak. How about there that? There you go. <laughs> I've got two, uh, and one is that game against the Cardinals, where they where we had them, we had them beat in St. Louis, and they rallied and won an extra innings. I think Molina got the game winning hit that forced a game five, and they came to Atlanta and scored ten runs in the first inning off Mike Fultonevich. Um, the other one, though, is the World Series. When the Braves had gone to New York and beat the Yankees two straight games, uh, Andrew Jones had gone off as a 19-year-old, hit home runs. Uh, that was pretty phenomenal. And we came home and let him off the hook. And Jim Lairitz hit that home run, that pinch hit home run. It was like, uh-oh. Uh, that series was extremely heartbreaking to me because we had already won two games in New York and looked like we were on our way to another world championship. Yeah. That I've I've thought about that a lot because now knowing what what it's like up here if you're up two nothing and you're going home I I keep thinking about if that happened for the Braves for right now you'd think we got this thing. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that was like. I remember watching that I was 16 years old and just couldn't believe it. Yeah, no. It was uh uh, it wasn't a calamity of errors. It was just a calamity of circumstance. It just, yeah. just kept going the Yankees' way, and it was like you couldn't you couldn't stop the tide. Yeah, that's good. That's, I don't want to add to that list anytime soon. I don't know that much. Yeah, and I don't want to end on that note. So, no. So one more. Here's one uh, from Chris Walker in Aiken, South Carolina, asking about um, – do you think that the Braves can get Ozzie back, having a young arm come up and join the rotation or something else? What do you think can bring the magic back for the, for, uh, the postseason, et cetera? There, that's a long question there, Clay. Or if, I'm sorry, Chris. Um, but I, I think the main point is Ozzie and, and what he can bring to the team come the postseason. He will not get the cast taken off of his right hand until, I want to say, the last couple of days of this season. They'll reevaluate, so that would be next week. And then that would be another beneficial part of winning the division is having some more time uh, before you play a postseason game uh, for Ozzy, if for nothing else, and maybe you could be available. Do you know if they put a pin in it? I do not think I'm, so. I, I, would I know they didn't need to have surgery on the hand. Okay, well, that's good. Um, that would be 
advantageous. Here are a couple of things to consider. It's on his right hand. That's his throwing hand. Uh, that That is a lot. That that means a lot in terms of the pressure that the little finger is, the baby finger is in under when you, when you throw a baseball, believe it or not. Uh, secondly, as a hitter, if he's batting left-handed, he's a switch hitter, that pinky finger is on the bottom of the bat on the knob. He's either going to have to drape it off the edge of the knob, you know, so that yeah. you're not putting all that torque against the finger and pressing against it, uh, or choke up, you know, right. of some sort. And if he's batting right-handed, the pressure's off that little little finger, but it might cause him to want to take the top hand off the bat a little soon or something. Right. It might affect his swing. It might affect it greatly. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this much. He just needs time. And if Ozzie says he's ready, I believe him. If not, you got guys who are getting the job done, and I'm not too terribly worried about it, and I feel confident with who you currently have, and uh, anything positive you could get out of Ozzy would be tremendous. But I don't want to go into the postseason saying, okay, now we can bring Ozzy back and I'm counting on him. I don't think you can do that. No, I don't either. All right. Well, that'll wrap up our show for this week. And, um, Chase, you think we do one more of these before the postseason? Absolutely. Down, down in Miami? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Maybe the second day in Miami? Yeah, that'd be great. And hopefully we're – Hopefully we're very hungover after celebrating a, uh, a division title. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> Start sending those questions in. Yeah. What, um, did, right. what did you say about uh, the day after the World Series? It was the best hangover I've ever had. Something. Best one I ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Oh, man, I felt terrible. But, it, but I felt so good at the same time. All right, that is uh, episode number 35 of From the Braves Booth. Hope that you'll listen tonight. Braves take on the Nationals this evening in the final game of this series. We have an off day tomorrow. We'll cross our fingers with the uh, with Hurricane Ian. We, As it stands now, we do not have any inside information on when those games will be played. We know we're going to get to Friday um, and take it from there. Whether that means you get to play all three, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or you have a doubleheader one day, we don't know. And uh, as soon as that information is out there, we'll tweet it out and talk about it on the air. That's for certain. Till next time, um, we appreciate you tuning in. For Jay Chad, for Joe, I'm Ben. You've been inside the Braves booth. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.